Welcome to the Cinephile Hissy Fit Podcast, brought to you by the Ruminations Radio Network and sponsored by Film Obsessive. This is the Tyree Film Movie Debate, hosted by two film critics, cool dads and struggling teachers. I'm Don Shanahan. Stick to the plan. Don't improvise. Just say your name. William Johnson. Perfect. Ladies and gentlemen, this is all for sake where sheer passions and high fives wash away any place for hate no matter what we encourage you all to love what you love but for now the gloves are off and the hate is on this week we're talking about the brand new netflix award season release the killer from david fincher starring michael fassbender recommended to us by every cinebro in america <laughs> Our, and internationally i guess we can count you our format is this recommending lover goes first. They will get five on earth minutes to shower their praise and state their high-minded case. The hater, which does not exist on this double five-star show, follows with five unearthed minutes of their own to present their own kind of any manner of intellectual scorched earth. After that, we'll open it up for about 30 minutes to share a conversation where the hissy fit is just gonna swing on David Fincher's nuts. Ladies and gentlemen, reload your gun, cock that rifle, and let's go. Crack that neck. Crack. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's uh, who wants uh, you know. Uh, I'll, go, I'll go first here for a second. Just right. to switch the turns up. Um, no, the um, the killer uh, from David Fincher. Um, in my eyes, David Fincher is that guy, and and unlike, I mean, well, he's one of those people that I see other people hold on that Scorsese level, Nolan level pedestal, where he's one of those filmmakers that no one's going to say does anything wrong, and and I. I'm not terribly far from that where I, I don't think the guy's made a, a truly dog shit bad movie yet. Um, he's made, he's got his places where it works or it doesn't work, but like nothing has been categorically bad. Um, now at the same time, it's a, what have you done for me lately? Kind of thing where it was a long time to get to Mank and, and all that, where, uh, I, you know, me on this show, I'm that guy who's going to judge every movie one at a time. And the people who just say, Oh, this is mid Fincher. I well one I'm not a 12 year old girl who uses the word mid and two um I just no it, it, Fincher's Fincher um that guy is a walking piece of perfection where even in a movie you might not like or might not connect to there's not a technical or artistic morsel Adam whisker that's out of place in in his movies and where the execution is just literally and figuratively in this movie is is top of the shelf. Uh, it, it's just so good what he can do as a filmmaker that is just exacting and and, and you know precision is the word I put on him every chance I get. I mean, as a technician, as a as a as a filmmaker, there there's few to me that are better going right now than a guy like him who can just take any concept you give him and shoot the fucking shit out of it um, in in an amazing way because he's. As as auteur as he gets label wise, he doesn't write his own movies. I mean, he still takes stuff that pe that he finds and then applies his craft to it, which on a on an otherworldly level of technical prowess. Where <clears throat> this movie shouldn't be, this movie should be boring as fuck. Um, you've got a, a hitman trying to figure, you know, wait around for the, his his mark to get there, and and, and just kind of waxes poetically in in in, in voiceover about kind of his state his code his men his morals his 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 values whatnot if you want to say it like that um and then then he botches his kill and then he kind of has to turn around into kind of cover his own ass as a loose end situation in different ha hands <clears throat> excuse me in different hands this is either a comedy of errors made by the coen brothers um this is an over serious over dramatic squeeze every life you can out of it maybe scorsese crime thriller kind of thing 
but in Fincher's hands, a perfectionist making a story about a perfectionist who makes one little mistake. It's, there are people out there reading this movie as being autobiographical. And I'm like, ah, I'm not going to read a movie like that. But at the same time, you've got a, you've got a precise person portraying and showing you a story about another precise person. And how can you make that thrilling? You make it thrilling because the devil's in the detail, so to speak. And to watch this man, and it helps that it's Michael goddamn Fassbender, where is there a guy in Hollywood right now in the last 15, 20 years who can take blankness, take stillness, take uh, take uh, the stance of stillness and make it look passionate and fiery without saying a word or moving a muscle? Watch this man in shame. Watch this man squeeze every drop of melodrama out of playing Magneto in a, in a superhero movie. This guy has just absolute hidden intensity where you, when he needs to, he'll dial it. When he doesn't need to, he'll stare a fucking hole through your heart. In a lesser actor's hands, this is a shitty Bourne movie with Matt Damon. Um, but in, so when you combine that actor's talent um, and, and his penchant for being able to do that kind of level stuff and then throw in Tell Swinton for fun, just laying it all out over a flight of whiskeys. Um, but you put Fassbender and Fincher together and say, hey, dial up icy precision. You've got this. Because I would I couldn't take my eyes off of the subject. I couldn't take my eyes off of the conundrum he was in. And I had no idea where he where what he could do to take where he was going to going to to do next. Even if you're waiting around for some kind of grandiose action scene level escalation, it never comes and it doesn't have to, because you're that locked in on this man and his steeliness. And that for me is enough to entertain the fucking drawers off my ass it was just so damn good i yeah five stars one of the best movies i've seen this year um so my timer there we go okay so it, trust me the uh uh the irony is not dawning on me that um all the film bros and i would assume that if you had some kind of uh what do you call those um what do you call those things where it's the circles uh, and they, some of them meet and some of them don't? What's that called? Uh, uh, like the Venn diagram? Venn diagram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, there's definitely some Scorsese people that also worship Fincher. Uh, it's not – the irony is not lost on me that this is essentially a comic book movie um, because it's based on an actual comic book. Uh, so, you know, there's the, that irony in there. Um, but – also, Fincher is interesting to me because, yeah, I see what you're talking about with um, that worship. Like, there's a lot of people that really love Fincher, and they they put him up there in that auteur category of like, you know, oh, it's the new Fincher, it's the new Nolan, it's the new Scorsese, it's the new Ford Coppola, it's the new David Lynch, whatever, right? Um, I've oddly never been like, I, I've never had like a I'm not going to say I'm David Fincher agnostic. I really love a lot of his movies. I mean, I think Seven is amazing. Uh, Zodiac is incredible. The Game. I was a big Mank defender. I love Alien 3. Um, you know, Fight Club is fine. It's just kind of been, you know, unfortunately co-opted by a bunch of dude, dude bros who think it's an aspirational movie. Um, you know, I've never loved The Social Network. I, I, I like Gone Girl quite a bit. I mean, I, I just... Uh, a lot of his stuff I, I enjoy, uh, but I've never like held him in that kind of esteem before. Um, so when I f knew this was coming out, I knew I was going to get uh, the killer. I knew like, well, first of all, it's Michael Fassbender. He's 
probably my top one of my top five favorite actors of all time. I mean, he's just such an amazing performer and just everything he does just has just immense intensity and and uh attention to detail and just so much stuff going for it. Uh you know, it's hard for me to pass up on any Fassbender uh movie. And it's gonna be really interesting to see next goal wins next week where it's quite a different role than what he's doing here. Um, but um, yeah, I, I have no like, you know, I have no like loving loyalty to Fincher. I just know that he makes good movies uh, and some really exceptional movies. Um, but this might be, I mean, when I look at the filmography, you know, of what I've seen, there's a couple movies of his I haven't seen, but um, not many. Uh, I have not seen Benjamin Button and I've not seen Panic Room. Those are the two I haven't seen. But, you know, this might be my favorite film of his. You know, I think this might be the peak for me where I'm going to be like, holy shit, this is this is pretty excellent. Because I think um, much like and obviously I have a, a very different relationship with uh, Christopher Nolan, but much like how I think. Oppenheimer really fit with the personality of uh, Christopher Nolan as, as a director, you know, where that coldness actually benefited the film. Um, I think that Fincher's ability to have just this uh, sharp precision with everything that he does, that uh, immense attention to detail that, um, amazing use of um, tension and darkness uh, and having, uh, and not to say that David Fincher himself is void of personality, but the fact that he's dealing with a main character that is kind of got their feet in, in two worlds, you know, one of this cold uh, code based, uh, world of you know assassination and the other one kind of being like oh i'm really into the smiths you know like this kind of uh, this this uh, zigzag of like really cool and really sinister and cold uh, i think it's just the perfect mixture so i mean we've got a the perfect director for the perfect material with the perfect actor to portray it and um i just i i can't emphasize how much i loved it i mean it was it was I would say the Fight Club of the 21st century. It's, and when I say that, it's it it is a scathing commentary on the moral decay of social norms and commerce, but it's not quite as in your face in Generation X and late 90s as Fight Club is. It's a lot more subtle. It's more subdued. Um, it's just as effective, but perhaps even more so because it comes from a more mature angle. I think. Um, like I said, the script score and cinematography, sharp as a knife's edge. Um, but also the other thing is this movie is actually really funny, too. And uh, it, it, you wouldn't think so because it's pretty bleak and it's pretty nihilistic, but it's got a really sly sense of humor. Um, and uh, I just think it's, you know, if uh, if I didn't have the personal connections like I do with Guardians 3 and Past Lives, this could easily be a film of the year for me. As of right now, it fits as number three, but that ain't bad because it's five stars all the way. It's an amazing film. Ladies and gentlemen, hang tight and please enjoy this short announcement from the Ruminations Radio Network. You've seen Twin Peaks all the way through, but all you have are spoiler-free discussions? 
At Blue Rose Task Force Podcast, no information is classified and nothing beats the listening sensation when production history collides with deep theory. Put the coffee on. All right, welcome back. No, I'm, I'm right there with you where I I really enjoy the man's work, um, but, I, but I'm also kind of where you're at where... I don't worship the guy. I, I he makes really good movies that I that I look forward to because they're dependably very very good. But like, there's always um, and in some of that's his exacting coldness that comes out in lots of things where like there's just not a lot of movies like you listed that you really want to that you just kind of find a way to cherish. You're impressed by, but you mm-hmm. can't quite cherish. Like, there's no hey kids, let's watch Seven. You know, like there's not a lot, <laughs> not a lot of draw there, or even like Social Network. Like. I get that that that's probably right now his masterpiece in the clubhouse in most people's eyes because mm. that was the totality of his precision with um with the Sorkin dialogue like speed plus speed you know where mm-hmm. and, and it's the movie that and that was the King speech year where that movie of the times probably should have made a better impact than it did and that would have been his bite at the apple of the Oscar that he probably deserved and he won't get this year because he's going up against Nolan Scorsese but uh but no um and then um. I am a guy who's seen Panic Room, uh, which is okay. Um, it's got that's another concept versus execution situation that we talked about on another show when it came to uh, Cabin in the Woods, where he's got this big concept, but the execution just gets a little weird. Um, I love Curious Case of Benjamin because finally this guy, who normally is exacting coldness, is pulling on some heart and finding ways to do it with his precision and taking a short story that doesn't have a lot of bones to it and gives it a richer, deeper take in history and a setting with new Orleans where I love curious case of Benjamin, but I'm a soft, but I'm a softy. So that's where it goes. But, but for the most part, none of his movies are the kinds of things that are just pillows on your bed. You know what I mean? They're, they're, they're definitely the trophies that you see in the cabinet where you're super impressed by him. And this is another one of those where um, it's it, this is, but I, I'm, I'm closer to you where this is a movie I would watch again because it, it's exciting enough to go somewhere. And uh, the commentary that I think is just going to grow with time to be something worth examining because you're right. The, the thinly veiled and not, and the blunt social commentary here, there's volumes of it. Like all of his mantras, all of his codes, all of his quotes, all of his stats talk to the moment, speak to a problem and do so through this mouthpiece. That is, like you said, nihilistic and, and just out there, but not a complete Tyler Durden loud weirdo who's just a dude ready to kill a motherfucker. And and that's to have to have wisdom like that come out of this character. And of course, by this actor, who's a steely, just a, a steely trap of, of a guy um, mm-hmm. is it, really worth examining. I think this movie will age well with time. Um, I know like. Nolan, or I'm sorry, uh, Fincher's starting to get some of those like criterion spines, but it's never like seven, it's never social network, stuff like the game, where the game we all looked at it when it came out, like, oh, it's just a, a novelty of a twist. But all the things that that movie talked about, which were pressing for its you know post 90s era or late 90s era, it started to become a thing we look back and wow, he was ahead of his time thinking about all those things. Oh, yeah. I think this would be one of those where it'll stand the test of time of like, wow, look at the ideas he put there while still. Like, while still thrilling us to pieces. So he's he's on to something here that I think it, I'm with you. I think it's special. Well not mid. And, and I and I um what I really like about a lot of filmmakers is seeing like their early stuff. Like I said, I think this is a perfect double bill. Uh, if you're doing a Fincher double bill, I think it's a yeah. perfect double bill of 
with Fight Club. And, and when I say that is because that's, that's a big that's a big swing. No, no, I don't think it is because I think they actually have the same themes. The difference is the maturity and how it's approached. I think that's true. Ninety nine yeah, years later, yeah. 99 Fincher, I don't know how old he was, but it's obviously 30 years ago. He's a much older gentleman now. I think that um, in much the same way that a lot of unfortunate, you know, I think Todd Phillips is going to see this with Joker and um, there's other film, American Psycho, uh, things like that, where, you know, the filmmaker perhaps has the foresight of what he wants to say and he does it effectively but does it perhaps too stylishly to the point of misinterpretation like i agree I, with I that think, i think, I think fight- we're there with like like wes anderson has become a point where he's so tuned his style which is brilliant in his own but like now his style is so strong it gets in the way of the bigger thing he's trying to tell yeah like fincher I think, won't do that fincher I has think- all this style but it blend with this story well, and that's where that's where story so well that's where i think something like fight club suffers a little bit because he did it with so much style yeah that music on, video style that people huge. yeah people but found that, that aspirational and inspirational and people oh, yeah. the, the, get the wrong idea from fight right. club yeah the, so, the the following that that movie has now is disgusting compared to what it's supposed to be right for, for your notes he was 37 when fight club came out he's 61 now right so with this, I think it tackles some of the same subjects Fight Club does. It doesn't do it in the same stylistic pattern. Yeah. And the other thing that I found really interesting is the way that he plays with the story. Is because mm. when you're watching, when you're watching Fight Club and you're you're seeing Tyler Durden, Brad Pitt, and you're seeing Edward Norton, and you find out they're the same person. Yeah. They're just different sides of a person. Um, you you don't have that problem here like you're no. you're seeing who this guy is now what i really liked and, and it almost feels like there's a maturity there it's almost like he's almost like trying to take responsibility for making sure people understand that this is not aspirational is that this guy fucks up a lot like i, I think mm. that's kind of one of the twisted comedic parts of this is that this guy the first half hour of this movie is kind of genius because you're just like man what a fucking this guy is the ultimate professional. Like there's no way he ever fucks up. He does yoga and he sleeps and he's always, you know, takes care of his phone. And then he fucks up the kill. You know, mm-hmm. uh, there's a couple of moments in this where like he, he does something and it goes wrong and he goes, Oh shit. Like yeah. almost in a comedic way. I, that's where I think the maturity comes in. There's no mistaking that this guy is not only kind of a bad guy, mm-hmm. but He's also not as perfect. Like the, the the thing I think that people lose when they see like how as quote unquote aspirational Tyler Durden is or or Patrick Bateman in American Psycho is because they are stylish and cool and they right, they, right. they find a way to Travis Bickle before them. Yeah. Yeah. And and the problem is is people don't see the end. Like the end of Taxi Driver, like yeah. everyone's praising Travis Bickle for what he did when he was really just it wasn't his intention. Or American Psycho, the mm. fact that he blends in with all the other white rich stock traders or whatever lawyers is how he got away with it. Because he just blends in with the crowd. Or that t- Tyler Jordan is that cool side of all of us that can get away with murder you know yeah this is somebody who like kind of lives a life that 
you know, he lives by this code, but the code really doesn't work out for him because he kind of just lives a miserable, you know, he's cool, but it, it's not aspirational cool. It's not stylistic cool. It's, and, and the point is at the end when, you know, he says, maybe you're not like one of the select few, you're like everybody else like me. Yeah. And we're, more, we're kind of more like him. Yeah. I think, which is another commentary on that thing. It's oh, yeah. more, it's more of a, I think for somebody in their sixties, it's more of like a, um, what do you call it? Um, a, a diss on sure. perhaps the characters that he unintentionally raised up in the cultural consciousness in the past. I, I and I think, I think that's where the, this is losing a few film bros. At least some people are like, man, where's the, where's the flashy loud David Fincher while well, he's 61. And this is where he's ruminating in his place right now. And he can, and he'll still, and, but yet he still brings it with the thick commentary where, and, and the mantra and the codes that are, that are like what you're talking about. Like, I, I'm with you. I think this is a fantastic progression of what what he is and who he is as a well, and, as an auteur, filmmaker, like, whatever you, voice in the industry, whatever. And the stuff is a lot more subtle. Like, oh like for, yeah, for, for, for example, for, sure. for example, I thought it was really interesting, like the product placement in this movie, because I, I think it's really interesting that <laughs> these companies, the companies were probably just like, oh yeah, you'll pay us to. To yeah, put our Fincher product Netflix. There. Yeah. But like they're Check kind of like yeah. but like the fact that like FedEx can literally uh -huh. be used to access your offices when you can't do it. The uh -huh. the fact that you can order your assassination supplies overnight from Amazon and pick them up anywhere in the world. Yeah. The fact that like our assassin gets his necessary proteins from the eleven thousand McDonald's in mm -hmm. Paris or whatever, like there's just there's this really sly yeah thing it's about not, commerce that was really brilliant. Like, well, how many times how many times have we seen this character because of means or because of talent have to like live a life of decadence? Where now he's got that sweet pad in in Santo Domingo, Dominican Republic. But like, yeah. but you're right. Like this would be a like well like Tilda Swinton. Like this would be a fancy dinner, flights of whiskey person when he's nope he's the He's the McDonald's guy. He's the Amazon locker guy. He's not a specialty crafter. Because how many flies movies coach. have we? Flies yeah, coach. yeah. Or it, it flies coach by you know buys guns out of the back of a van in Chicago. Not like he doesn't have a queue making him shit for him. You know, like yep, it's yep. not that. You know, it's uh, it's yeah. You're right to see a self-made, self-disciplined, created monster from this man is far more interesting than all the puppeteers and things that would have got him there. Like, but, but I also think he's, bu he's buying his own bullshit a little bit too. Oh yeah. Definitely. That's what I'm saying is, is he fucks up a lot in this movie. Yeah. And like, you know, that's the part where like maybe 30 years ago, you know, that would have been played a little yeah. bit more cool. Whereas in this totally. one, it's like, yeah. where in this one in the beginning, especially that first 30 minutes, it's just like, I am this, I am that, I am perfect, I do this, uh -huh. I sleep at this time, I do this, my heart rate is this, and then he fucks it up. Yeah. And it's like, oh shit, so all that shit you just said like didn't really matter because you took the wrong shot at the wrong time and killed right. the wrong person. And that's what I mean about a different filmmaker, because like, if that moment happens in a Coen Brothers movie, it's it's screwball hairbrain stuff. If it happens in a Scorsese movie, it's high drama if it's the palma it's overshot and overcut to pieces if it's <laughs> yeah. if it's steven soderbergh there's quippy 
could be coolness to follow, you know, like, oh, I guess missed it. Oh, well, you know, like it would turn up the Smiths, you know, like it would be, it would be, you're right. Like you said, overamped and cooler where like Fincher here is still flirting with that. Like we still got the guy listening to the Smiths and, and obviously really good enough at his job to still have a storage locker, have means, have like, and be good at what he does when he needs to do it while still fucking up. So like, it's, fascinating just yeah it's it's, yeah. it's just something like i've been thinking about because I, i'll like just randomly think about just stuff that i like things that will happen in the movie that seem so inconsequential but like they end up kind of defining this world yeah. that we live in like yeah it's just I, it's it's a really thought-provoking movie because there's so much going on and you wouldn't think it because mm-hmm. you know it's like I said, the first 30 minutes is literally just watching it's it, when I say it's dialogueless, it's, it means there's no interactions with other yeah. people. It's just him narrating his life. And how do and, you, how do you feel about voiceovers? Are you, are you a fan? Do they take you out of the movie? Are they, are they, no, I, I, if you get a, if you get a good actor to do it, it's great. Same on the um, same way. I mean, he's Fassbender is, I mean, I don't, I don't exaggerate when I say he's one of my all-time favorite actors. I believe, and I, and, and I, I, I feel like him and like Viggo Mortensen. Yeah, they, they both should have like six Oscars by oh, now, and they don't. Yeah, like they, they just don't, and it's a shame because like he, he's that perfect blend because I don't think he's method. No, like, I agree. Like, and but he does fully commit to a role, and that's Agreed. something that I really yeah. appreciate. Like, I have a feeling like he researches stuff, but it's not like when the camera cuts you know, he's yelling at people in his character's name or like yeah. going off set, like, cause that kind of shit drives it's, me crazy. I, that's Christian Bale. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I would say yeah. so. Christian Bale, Daniel day Lewis, stuff like yeah. that, where it's yeah. kind of like, just act my boy, mm-hmm. you know? And so I, I get the feeling like he's kind of the best of both worlds. Like, I feel like he's truly committed, but he, he you know, like you see him Me- on method town, method town and commitment with a reality to still be a man. Yeah. 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 With- and, yeah, and I, I, I really enjoy his performance here. I mean, it's not a very, like... It's, it's, like, I wouldn't nominate this for an Oscar, so to speak. Like, he's just really aces solid, but it's not yeah. showing up one direction. And it doesn't... I'm I'm so glad that it's not, because I... Like I said in my opening five, like, in, same thing with d- d- different acting hands. This is a glamour project. And nothing about this is a glamour project for Fassbender no. other than just recognizing his talent. But it's not, hey, look at me. Here's my big Oscar moment. Or here's my big action moment. Or here's my he star making to, this. Like He tends to not do that. And that's what I I'm really happy. like about him. I'm that's happy what I, that he doesn't. That's what yeah. I like about him because he's one of those he's Vigo. He's one of, he's well, one of those rare actors that's not afraid to look ugly or do something. Like, you know, yeah. like, like Vigo Mortensen, like, does that fucking wrestling scene naked in the <clears throat> right in, in, no in Eastern Promises? No. And it's like it's it you know I, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with the male body. I'm just saying like yeah. men wrestling like in a steamy room is yeah. it's not sexy. Like no. you know what I mean? Yeah. And you know he's not afraid to look like that. I mean, there's like one of the images. It's it's one of those things that I hate to see in my head, but like. You know, like I think of like that rape scene in Twelve Years a Slave, where like mm. it's not it's not just that he's raping Lupita Nyong'o, but like yeah. he's like drooling, like oh, yeah. like the, the, the like yeah. the like the the like there's like a thing of saliva coming off yeah. of his mouth, like onto her body as he's doing yeah. it. Like he's just, and then like um, you know, like uh, he's well, kind of watch look, shame. 
He, he's just well, shame on is, another planet in shame. Shame is yeah. That's that that thing is. I've never for the a layers non, of that man. for a non-action for a non-action horror or thriller movie. I've never gripped my teeth. Yes. In like tense intention than in yeah. that that one sex scene at the end of shame oh. where you're just like oh my god uh, yeah. like but um yeah but i mean and he's even willing to i'm not saying poke fun at himself but like in inglorious mm-hmm. bastards like he has right he has this great thing where like you know him and, and my comic like, book villain you know he's well he's, him and mike myers are doing. like you know they're they're like oh cheerio chap i'm an yeah. english person i know everything and then of course uh-huh. he's the one who gets caught and blows the whole mission like He's just he's he's willing to he's willing to go that extra mile, and I, I really love that. And he's he's just watchable and everything. And this is mm-hmm. I, I I don't want to say this is a perfect role for him because this isn't a very I nuanced I went, role, but it's, yeah. it's it's. I said in my review, I don't I can't name anybody, but a younger Vigo could do this. But currently, yes. um, like Chalamet's too young and too showy. No. Um, no. uh, a- any Marvel actor is too beefy. Like it, this is still a very slight man who, like you said, who can do yoga, who can get his ass kicked in a fight, still pull a trigger and look good doing it. I don't, I don't have. Maybe, I don't have maybe another guy. Maybe Mark Ruffalo twenty years ago. Maybe yeah, he's too. He's like in the cut trying to be edgy. Mark Ruffalo that is twenty years ago. Um, yeah. maybe. Yeah. Maybe you you need just say that, Marvel stars. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. he needs um, to like. He needs to do the Fazbender thing. Like he would need like a dramatic, almost method transformation. Like that's a guy who's got to like drop forty pounds and look the part where Fazbender already does. Um, like you would need a dramatic. Tra- I, I, obviously, Christian Bale would think he can do this, um, mm. and probably can in his sleep, but he it doesn't probably, need to. He probably could. Young Daniel Day could do this as well. Let's nah, be honest. I, yeah. I don't think Daniel Day Lewis could do this. With, with the voice, he. I don't think he can sell the voiceover. I, he nope. can sell he can sell the steely stuff on screen. I don't think yeah. he can do the convincing commentary. You're right. Good point. Sorry, yeah, I, I reneged. No, no, I, I don't. Yeah, because I always kind of look at like, you know, you know who could probably do this. Another one of my top five favorite actors who could probably have done this 20, 25 years ago is probably Russell Crowe. He probably yep. could have done it. Yep. Um, you catch Russell Crowe in '97 LA Confidential era. Even like post Gladiator two thousand. Yeah, it would have to. It would have to be between yeah. Confidential and Gladiator because after Gladi- that he's a star. He's too big a star. Yeah. Well, because Gladiator, he's got the steely. He's got the the chops because he's he is kind of emotionless in that movie. Like he yeah. does have the crying scene, but like he could turn it off. And and, and as Bud White in LA confidential, he does have those, he does get emotionally unhinged sometimes, but he also has that kind of serious. Yeah. I don't know. nature. I think Russell Crowe could do it, but to to answer your question or to, to re reaffirm your statement, nobody can do this right now, except Michael Fassbender. Like that's, that's probably the only one that could do this right now. This effectively, this, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, that's why, that's why I, I just tip my hat and and admire what they got going because um and then and then you pepper in the rest of it like this is as tightly edited a movie I mean I don't see a wasted nope. movement motion transition scene establishing shot everything works and fits maybe I don't need the title cards that tell me chapters and cities but I I can't lay that on the editor um well, 
Ross and Ross and um, Ross and Reznor do just fine score. The Smith stuff's it's, great. Um, yeah, the score is an incidental kind of score. Yeah. It's not like a theme score, which I yeah. appreciate. Uh, for yeah, this. I think that'd be too peppy and weird too. Like if you're trying to yeah. do some Lalo Schiffer and shit, you know, like where you're trying to really danger it up, you know, it would be wrong movie. Well, there's two two things I want to bring up. One is kind of a bigger picture thing, and and one is a smaller thing. I think the only okay. thing that didn't work for me from a storytelling perspective is the, the brute. Like, mm. I don't know, like we're, we're introduced to a number of assassins in this. Yeah. Like, and I think him and Tilda Swinton are kind of like the same kind of person in a lot of ways. Okay. In terms of like having that code that, that, uh, you mean Fazbender's character and Swinton are the same with code. Like with, You've code, met a with veneer, with coldness. Yeah. Agreed. Like I just, I, I wouldn't believe that anyone would hire that dude. <laughs> Like the loud guy in Florida, the dude from fucking, Florida who's yeah, like fucking insane. Unless like, that's just, the otherworldly muscle you need, like I guess I just I'm just I glad just, that guy wasn't played by like Jason fucking Momoa. Like that was yeah, that was itself, you know that was the one thing I could see the comic book origins of because I, I don't true. know I don't know much about the killer comics. I haven't read them, but this this reminded me a lot of the Garth Ennis Punisher stuff when the Punisher oh, yeah. had, to, had to fight the Russian. Yeah, and it's like you know, it's kind of like uh, you know, this, to get this it, massive get brute. Quick, yeah. yeah, like just this massive fight that like they're both just getting killed. Yeah, or we um, have to show him beating a bigger guy that he's better, like because we won't believe it if we don't see it. Yeah. Now yeah. here's here's what I said in my review, and I want to know if you agree with me on this because I'm, I'm I'm trying to. It's it's hard for okay. me to articulate. What I like about this film is that it's both the anti-Bond film, but also Ooh. probably the realist Bond film. Ooh, that's and a good question. Because, Explain where you're coming from. Okay, so when I say it's the anti-Bond film, it has, when you think about it, it has all of the Bond elements, right? Mm-hmm. You have multiple exotic locations. Yep. You've got, you know, women. You've got a revenge plot. You've got these these kind of the secret intrigue and, uh, you know, international plotting you know you kind of you know there's like a senator involved and lawyers and it's kind of got all this intrigue and and spy crafty kind of stuff and, and it has like if you plugged a bond movie into these locations with this plot and you just made it a bond movie like it it, it would fit but yeah. this this is why it's the anti-bond film because it's just like this guy is not supposed to be cool no but at the I... same yeah. But but at the same time, this is what Bond would be like in real life. Like a completely cold, yeah. sinister, nihilistic, yeah. I don't give a shit about anybody, like I'm going to kill you and the job is done yeah. kind of thing. So it's it's kind of this weird yeah. mixture. Like I kind of I, feel like this is a Fincher Bond film, so it has that negative edge. Yeah. But it's also like an anti-Bond film because it's like, it has all the tropes of what a Bond film should be or a Bourne film should be. Yeah. And totally like subverts them. And I think, I, I think you're right because um, if this was a Bourne or a Bond film, we would still be heroism forward in terms of um, yeah. the flavor of the character. Not, we wouldn't, we would not have voiceovers that say all the shit he says in this. Um, right, it's right. also a sexless kind of thing. You know, there's, there's not a trophy to a female trophy to win or to care for. Like, cause even Jason Bourne has Famke, Famke Patenka, who's like in that movie to kind of soften our lead character that he can, that he won't harm or empathize harm, won't harm. And then also empathizes with a woman in, 
in a similar plight, so to speak. Like that's there to humanize our who's supposed to be a cool motherfucking character. Um, and it works in the Bourne movie because that's the guy coming out of his brainwash. Um, and then in a Bond movie, the woman, the, the female characters are a trophy. You know, like that that, that Tilda Swinton character in the end we would have more repartee and she'd be closer in age and she'd be a sexual target, you know? Um, so yeah, in that way, uh, in, in today's day and age of, let's just say it in culture, like who are the kind of people who are disciplined, who would find the right discipline to kill people without remorse are the kind of people who aren't charming the pants off of ladies and, you know, doing this for King and country either. I think you're dead right, right. about this, that read of this being, Everything that a Bond movie could and should be in terms of structure and design, but everything that is anti-Bond about morals and heroism and 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 male and male excellence, if you want to call it that. Yeah, because yeah, I think like, you're dead on, man. Good, good read. They they barely ever comment on this in the Bond films. They made a reference to it in Die Another Day when he's like he's supposed to p- pretend he's this businessman going into North Korea or whatever, and like. Yeah. They're like, dude, you put your name as James Bond. You're the most famous spy in the world. You've yeah. had sex with 9,000 women. Like, we know it's you. Like, yeah. and they make a joke about it. But, like, that's the thing is, like, in these movies, like, Bond does a lot of the stuff oh, he's Michael Fassbender does. Yeah. But he's, he's like, just like, whatever, I'm Bond. That's me. Yeah. I'm a spy. Like, like this is, this is a, like the opposite of what Fassbender is yeah. doing. Fassbender is trying to not be noticed. Right, there's a strut to it, and this guy hides in the shadows, which is fascinating and fun. You know, well, it's and it's cool too because, like, well, I, I wouldn't say cool, but one thing I really right. loved is like, yeah, because like guy... you were talking before, you were talking before about being able to either like root for this character or not, and yet there's a scene that's just the scene with the secretary from the lawyer's office where how extended he makes her life continue before snapping that bitch's neck on the on the stairs like he does i mean he does that's some kind cool of, fucking shit you know he does kind of give her her wish well, which yeah, was to, to make it but, look like an accident like she might have fallen down the right. stairs but uh, her neck, but, but still a, but a jason Bourne or a james bond would not do that like it would it would oh he would have had sex with her first <laughs> it's, well, yeah exactly yeah he'd be he a cool secretary. uh but, no, or but, yeah, or, yeah. or some empathy with well true to this guy's code empathy would have come out of one or two of them before the greater needs of the job would call for right. taking a woman down but oh man yeah yeah it's it's yeah that's a really good movie man it's <laughs> i don't sharp. know what else i don't know what else to have you um to say it, but have you seen and the suggestions that like are the people who are you know me and when i write a review i really try not to compare this to other movies because i, I want this to stand on its own i don't want it to to just you know play this or that uh, you play this or that at a bar still in a review i try not to but um people have talked about since that um obviously the hitchcock the hitchcock bones are here a little bit with some that, yes, yeah, that rear, rear window, that rear window um yeah. and even the the the, the pursuits of and not that it's north by northwest because again that's decadent in its own but the, the global charting parts to it a little bit but um a lot of people are pointing to la samurai from the criterion collection of french mm. cinema um i need to see the movie i own it on the wall behind me but um People are pointing to that as this is a deeper homage to, you know, the patient, well, the patient, the, the patient planning killer and the code of which that comes with it. Well, the comic is French as well. So, okay. I don't I know if that, that, I don't know if that has anything to do with it, but yeah, um, I wonder. Let me look at when the comics came out. It looks like, 
Because this isn't a period piece either if this is an yeah. older comic. These, no, these were, it looks like these, unless this is just the complete part, says here um, to 2018. That could oh. be when the collection was put together. Let me see. I'm just sure. trying to find the date on when these were originally. Uh, oh, the Killer Comics. Let's see. It's called Le Tour, which right. is French for the killer, I guess. Um Let's see. Oh, you know what? The first one was 1998. The last one was okay. 2014. So, I mean, but still, this is relatively new. I mean, Les yeah. Samurai was what? The 70s, 60s? Yeah, like that? that's that's 60s, 70s. But is this, I mean, that's Fincher. I mean, if you're calling, if he's calling on something from, calling on something from that era, 90s to aughts, this still, yeah, here's the thing, though. This still... Because of all the commentary he weaves in there, and obviously it being set in the present, I don't think it loses. A, 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 if if anything, we can, I haven't seen the comic, but something tells me he's improving upon the material. At least Andrew Kevin Walker is the screenwriter here. So, yeah, yeah I, I actually am kind of interested to read it now. Um, grab that from the library. I that. am super. I mean, if there is a major blind spot I have in terms of film, it's French shit from like same like the 60s to whatever i yeah. mean i've got I've seen, some musicals i got some demi done like i got umbrellas yeah. of russia fort and, and uh umbrellas of sherberg and lady girls young girls from russia fort and not like i, I don't some, know but. i don't know i mean i probably haven't seen like anything i mean yeah. french stuff is way beyond me i like i'm aware of some of the movies sure but yeah i i am completely devoid of knowledge of that kind of stuff so Maybe uh, we'll I'll do some homework together. Who knows? We, we could. We could. It doesn't excite me exactly. That's the hard part. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not exactly uh, driving in there either. Because I know that like a lot of people love like Truffaut, right? He's French. That's the one. Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen a Truffaut film. Or... You've got Godard in there too. You know what I've seen? I saw Fahrenheit 451, but I don't think that counts. Um, no, it's one of his. That's like the Hollywood work you push through. Yeah, you know? I've seen that. But yeah, I, I'm just not really a French New Wave guy. Mm-hmm. But that just does not intrigue me whatsoever but um well like i, mean, I feel like if this was mind? a i feel like if this was a french new wave film you would strip away the entire narration and just have to guess all movie what he's doing and if that's the movie <laughs> i'm if that's the movie and here we go again different hands if that's the movie i i would be bored to pieces watching this um i'm uh, even if you give me that ross you know that Ross and Reznor score, and even if you gave me the Smiths, I'd still be like, "Why the fuck?" Is-? And, know, and it's Faz Benner, which helps. Where you you can get a lot from a little from him, but at the same time, that the layer that takes this movie higher is all the the monologues, the internal thought. You know, here's what I will give you, because um, we were talking about like how Fincher's kind of in that club of like, you know, do people, no wrong people film worship. Yeah. I kind of feel that way about. No offense, but like Trent Reznor as a composer and Atticus Ross, I, I have yeah. never been like. But we're if, old school theme guys. Like we're yeah, but, in, in Williams guys. That's what know? I'm saying. It's like people will be like, dude, did you hear the social network score? It's phenomenal. No. I'm just like, no. no like I don't been, remember a single no. thing about it. I don't I, remember the Gone Girl. I don't remember. That's, that's like it yet here. Yet here it is working in a Fincher movie where we're not after theme, we're not after motif. We're just, we're just, he's just using it for an emotional timber, you know, um, where if that's all he's going for his scores in Gone Girl, in social networking, in this, um, that, that, that has play, 
Because I think, I think anything more peppy and repetitive would be would would go against the material. Because, but I I will yeah. tell you this though that he's done two scores at least in 2023 that I have remembered because they fit really well. And he did Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: Mutant Mayhem. Resident and I Ross. Love, I yeah, I love the music. Shit. Of that. Okay. Uh, and, and but like I said, it wasn't theme based, but it was very ton- a little more like, to it. it. It totally fit with the with what was happening on screen, which is yeah. fine. And this was the same thing here. Like I actually remember this score because it it's got kinda, some drop. Yeah. has some things going on with what's happening on screen. Like I, I never maybe because I never like I'm not a huge. I mean, I like Gone Girl. I, 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 I'm okay with Social Network. I don't really yeah. think it's that transcendent well, of a film to me. But We're back to what we said before. Like, these are movies I tremendously respect, but they're just not the movies you're going to pick up and watch. Like, let's argue with billionaires about the future of Facebook. Let's watch this girl tear her family's apart. Like, I, we're just, they're just not the cuddlers, you know? Yeah, and so I, yeah. maybe I don't have the emotional connection to Fair. the score like other people do. Like, I wasn't like... I'm just saying, like, yeah, I know people who listen to Social Network score when they work out because it's a it's a zone placer for them. You know, yeah, like, I, I okay, don't, I don't. I need Rocky. I need Pocanti. You know? Yeah, I, I can't uh, do that. Same. <laughs> um, no, yeah. the the one resonator score for me is like Soul. You know, but it, but John Batiste is really helping that. Food, I was gonna say know? that seems more like a John Batiste score yeah. than a. But they he, they got the Oscars for it together. So, so yeah. they all got they all got the I Oscars so. for that. Yeah. Yeah, they did. Yeah, because I mean, Baptiste did the musical numbers, but Score and Ross were there with that. Were or Resident Ross were there with that score, so the three of them got it. Yeah. Well, let's uh, let's shift to 2023 a little bit. Um, I'm okay. kind of going on. I've been on a little bit of a streak trying to make up some movies I haven't seen, and obviously seeing a couple things that came out. Marvels, The Killer, right? Um, uh, and I, we're and we're I, approaching this little Aliens semi rewatch. That we're doing here a little bit, you know, yeah. Yeah, I'm currently, I mean, compared to you, there's a lot more screenings than I do. I mean, I'm at 42 films for the year so far. Okay, hold on. I'm curious how many you have. Um, films. Can I look at? Can I look for, up by year? Twenty twenty. You can. I have a list. Like I have a list. I put it in that way. Oh, I, have I don't it know. Your release date, newest first. Oh boy, I don't know. But uh, while you're looking up that, I was just going to say, like, of the 42 films I've seen this year, this one is currently at number three. So um, This would be my number. If I'm doing it, this is my number three as well. I have um, Barbie still my number one. Oh, I've wow. got a little independent movie that I that I was impressed to, to pieces on. It was called it's called The Black, White and the Grays. It's on. Um, I think it's on Tubi and Amazon, things like that. A um, a a rough, a difficult marriage story about the divides that are told in um during during the COVID protocols. So kind of an odd little recent period piece where it, it's it's like a ten thousand dollar micro budgeted thing, and it was pitched to me by the filmmakers themselves, and I was endlessly impressed. Where that's my number two, and then yeah, this is number three by a country mile. Um, I've seen fifty seven twenty twenty three films. Okay, with, with, so and I've got a wheelhouse of a whole bunch coming this week. So yeah, yeah, I got a bunch coming up, and I, I just rented a couple because Amazon's yeah. doing a sale right now. Like I'm just catching up on like fluffy stuff I haven't sure. seen, but um, well, not as bad as I thought. I thought, I, yeah, thought maybe I, you'd, I thought you'd be like forty ahead of me, but that's no, cool. that's this, I mean, and my my I'll tell this like I tell my editors uh, this being the school teacher in a new job and a full time classroom teacher, I'm getting swallowed up like crazy. There's so many movies I miss. 
want mm-hmm. to see, can't see. I can't keep up with festivals. I the work the work the the day job is eaten up with the night job, and that's all right because both both take care of me. But at the same time, I have to kind of choose my spots where. My, yeah, my, I'll have quite a to-do list here in November to catch up in time for voting I got to do and whatnot. So it's it's going to get ugly. Yeah, but um, all right. Well, I think uh, any final thoughts on uh, the killer? Um, yeah, I, I just I, I'm looking at the Rotten Tomatoes score now where it's at 86 percent, which means it's probably not the mid Fincher that I've seen it reduced to. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this one will age well with time. Um, it, it's rough because he's in a year oscar wise where this man like you said between fassbender and even fincher one of these guys deserves an oscar or two by now should have gotten it in other places where i can just tell this is not the year that's going to happen here because barbie's too big oppenheimer's too big killers of flower moon is too big it just ain't gonna happen but um if this can keep david fincher around um in terms of back in movies so quickly after the long hiatus between mank and his work before that like if if whatever Netflix deal can whatever whatever windfall can come from this via Netflix or theaters, uh, the more the merrier when it comes to David Fincher. I'll I'll watch anything the man puts out. So it's guaranteed to be sure. Yeah, I, I'm gonna try to make up some of the blind spots that I have. I only have a couple. Like I've seen yeah. most of his films. I just um, I'll hop on if you want to talk about him when you're done. You let me know because Benjamin Button's long and slow, but it's it's adorable and it makes me. It, burst me to tears every time really because i just it, it gets me. nothing about that looks interesting to me i know <laughs> it just doesn't yeah. it just does not look interesting to me at all yeah so I, i'd be curious to see if you get there i'd be curious to see how it turns out could be a good love hate for us so yeah uh panic room seems a little more my, my speed and I'll oh yeah that that's a, your give, speed all right i'll yeah. give that a I'll give that a whirl sooner than later i think yeah um all right. Well, uh, first off, folks, uh, we have merch, so we'd love for you to get some shirts and stickers and all kinds of sweet cinephile hissy fit swag. Uh, do we have bumper stickers on there? I don't know. Maybe. Now you can make me look. You keep talking. Yeah, I, I would love to. I should probably put a bumper sticker on my car. It'd be pretty cool. Uh, anyways, go to uh, T Public. That's T-E-E, public.com slash user slash ruminations radio network and uh, check out our merch as for this show follow us on twitter at cinephile fit on facebook at cinephile hissy fit podcast and instagram at cinephile fits find both of us by name on letterbox to check out our film reviews and ratings we are also on rotten tomatoes and we are charter members of the independent film critics of america thank you so much for your loyal listenership in our tussles and for connecting with us on social media Cinephile Hissy Fit is a Ruminations Radio Network podcast sponsored by Film Obsessive. If you enjoyed this show, the Ruminations Radio Network has more excellent programming with stellar hosts and spirits of topics. Please rate, review, and subscribe to our show and others on iTunes, Spotify, and anywhere you find your favorite podcasts. And if we have bumper stickers, you'll find out in the next episode. No, we have really tiny bumper stickers, like two and three quarter inch square bumper stickers. Oh, you need like a tricycle or big wheels bumper sticker. Then, uh, then I'll, t- I'll take it. There you go. Bye.